with everyone in between and outside the fabricated gender binary. Welcome to Note for Note, the podcast which takes an in-depth look at how music affects people on a personal level. I am your host, as usual, Michelle Lightshoe. Today, uh, we have another return guest um, on the show, and that is my dad. Um, I did the very first interview I actually did for this podcast was with him on the album uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. And while the audio of that was not able to survive, and also while the last Beatles audio I did uh, with him was not able to survive for whatever reason, (coughs) audacity, Uh, uh, I decided that, you know, we're going to have another interview and we're going to talk about an album. And he picked an album that I was familiar with the band, but not so much with like a lot of their work, if that makes sense. Um... So today we're talking about the Moody Blues, the album Seven Sojourn, and it kind of delves off into other things, as this podcast tends to do. But one of the things that was very interesting to me about this album is that it seemed to come out of nowhere because, you know, growing up with him, I listened to the Moody Blues, but it, it wasn't something that was like always like at the forefront of music. And we talk a little bit about that, too. Uh, as to what music he kind of introduced me to in my life and my parents in general introduced me to in my life because they're both huge reasons why I'm so into music and why I'm a musician today. But this is an album that I was totally unfamiliar with. Um, Listening to it, I realized I had heard a couple songs off of it before, but for the most part, it was it was all fresh. It was all fresh and new, and it was fascinating. And I don't know what it is about listening to music from, like, the 70s or the 60s or anything like that that you've never heard before, that you are like that you might be vaguely familiar with the artist, but you haven't spent an in-depth time listening to. It's it's really quite fascinating. It's, it's almost like discovering an artist now. It's, it seems like... I don't know. The feeling is very similar to like when I first heard uh, Father John Misty or something. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is great. Um, But we talk a little bit about that. And uh, we kind of talk about like music in the 70s and how finding music uh, is very different nowadays than how it was back in the 70s. And I could elaborate for a lot longer, but we are going to be a little bit long on time today, I believe. Uh, So... Without further ado, let's get into the show. Here you go. Are you ready to begin? I'm ready to rock, yeah. All right, wonderful. So, <clears throat> something about this album that I noticed, like, the very first song off of it sounds like a film score. Yeah. Like, it, opening up with Lost in a Lost World, yep. there's this ethereal harpsichord violin synthesizer shit going on in the background that I'm like, this sounds like a movie score. It's, it's very grandiose. Yep. Um, it catches you right away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not just like the way that the album starts it off for you, but like, okay, I'm going to go into some weird stuff with this album because there's a lot of weird stuff, but let's just get into why did you pick this album? Well, because I'm curious um, to know the reasons. This was 
I, this came out in the early 70s. 72, uh, it says. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'd say early 70s. Mm-hmm. I was probably listening to it when I was 13, 14 years old. Okay. We didn't have a lot of TV. We didn't have Game Boys and stuff. And back when I was young, it was always the radio. And, and being at the tail end of the baby, baby boomers in my family, we had nine kids. The records were always playing. My sisters, my brothers, you know, Beatles and Stones pretty much ruled the house. But... As things progressed into the late 60s, early 70s, you start to hear more Dylan. Um, a little Gordon Lightfoot was introduced. Um, the Moody Blues was big. And um, um, so I know my sister Patricia and my brothers really liked the Moody Blues. And this was one of the first ones that I had heard. Mm-hmm. So they would play it. And my mom liked it. So when... You know, sometimes after dinner, instead of putting the TV on, we'd want to listen to music, so we'd, we'd play that. Your mom liked the Moody Blues? She liked the Moody Blues, that's, yeah. Okay, that's something that, like, I would not have expected of Grandma. Yeah, she, she hated Dylan, so Yeah, I know dad, she hated Dylan. But she loved the Moody Blues. Yeah. And she liked the Beatles, the early Beatles. She used to listen to, you know, Misery and Chains and Anna and all that off of the Introducing the Beatles album, mm-hmm. I think it was. But, but the Moody Blues was, was pretty cool. Um, there was a lot of different instruments that they used, so that was new to me um, at the time. And actually, my um, music teacher liked the Moody Blues mm-hmm. at St. Charles, uh, Tamalella, who was quite fetching, <laughs> by the way, but that's another <laughs> But anyway... Um, she liked it, and um, so she would play it once in a while, and, you know, at the end of the day in class, we'd, we might have, she might throw a record on for somebody, you know, for for the kids to listen to, and that was one of them. Um, there was also a English class, and we had to write a poem or something that inspired me, and, and I didn't, I before I knew what plagiarism meant, <laughs> I always liked the lyrics for... Um, um, New Horizons. Mm-hmm. There's a wood tick on my uh, album. Yes. Sorry, folks. It's gone now. Did you so, destroy it? Yep. Obliterate it? Yeah, I obliterated it. Are you but sure it's new, dead? Those yes. little fuckers no, are yeah. <laughs> but, but if you look at the, the lyrics for New Horizons, mm-hmm. I copied um, and, made a, and made a really nice scrolled or or what do they call like calligraphy yes calligraphy like mom mm-hmm. used to do of a couple of verses um uh the verse one and the chorus is what i did um and you can see it there yeah this this sounds like some shit like that okay but i i put that on i i totally feel you on that one because not only do i do this sort of thing but like <clears throat> I know so many of my friends were just like, if it's poetry class or whatever, yeah. in like middle school, people would just like be writing like My Chemical Romance like lyrics and stuff. Um, yeah. Follow up. But I just, I always thought I really liked that for whatever reason. That was my, for a long time, my favorite song on the album just because of the lyrics of that. It's a really it just, good song. Like, it really, it really struck that, me. I think that might be my favorite song off the album, but mm-hmm. for different reasons than the lyrics. But we can get into that later unless yeah. you want to talk about that song now. No, no, that, that's fine. But, but that's <clears throat> kind of how I got, you know, introduced to them. Um, 
I, I've listened to a lot more of their records because my brothers and sisters had them. Was this the first one that you heard of? This them? was probably the first one I really remember um, going, wow, I really like those guys. And then, you know, as uh, probably when I was 18, I didn't even realize that oldie song Go Now was by the yeah. Moody Blues. I didn't even know it was the Moody Blues because it was so different from mm -hmm. what they'd been doing in well, the I mean, 70s. Like, I mean, like, well, Days of Future Past, though, is something yeah. that, like... It's a great album. Well, when 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 you said you want to talk about the Moody Blues, I know that was one of the ones that you mentioned. And since I'm, yeah, I believe I currently am in possession of that record. I believe you are too. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, someone one of us it's, has it's, it, but I don't think maybe I have Marissa it. has it. I don't know. Yeah, but I think but, I have it. Well, but anyway, those were. I mean, once I started listening to them, <clears throat> or this this song, I got into that one, and then my children's children's children, which mm -hmm. has a lot of great music on it um but uh i just remembered this one and then um when i remember one night while i was listening to it you know because you know isn't like strange is a weird song mm -hmm. um there's some other ones that are kind of funky um i like you and me I always mm -hmm. I always like the, the the kind of the rhythm of that song uh, the land of make believe. I, I that always, one's good. That was a yeah. really neat tune. It just, it just, I just, I don't know. At that point, at thirteen, fourteen years old, it was really easy listening music. Um, it was a little uh, psychedelic, maybe, if you will. Um, I definitely want to touch on that at some point too. And people, yeah. people that I admired, you know, my my music teacher, my brothers and sisters, they all liked it. It was always seemed to be playing and. You know, sometimes you don't always, the first time you hear some songs, you don't, it doesn't always click. Mm -hmm. But even like listening to your band, some of your music, I don't even know the names of them all, but I come home and listen to you practice and I know I can recognize them. And, and it's neat hearing it for the third, yeah. fourth, fifth time. So this was kind of no different, but one song, the very first time I heard it, the when it started out was just a singer in a rock and roll band. Yeah, yeah. The way that drum beat starts yeah. and just slowly progresses and the next thing you know they're in fifth gear and they're just wailing and yeah and that bass comes in and it's just it's already going in fifth gear yeah i was cranking that in my it's car it's really really a great yeah. tune and mm -hmm. one of my buddies was just watching the music rock and roll hall of fame they were just inducted into it this i don't know if he just if it was a recorded thing or if mm -hmm. it just happened yeah but they played I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. Nice. They went in. They said it was just still his favorite tune. I think of all was Jimmy's. Was was that one? Well, when I came across the Moody Blues, it was from Tuesday Afternoon. I don't remember what brought me to that oh, yeah. song, but I do recall, like, I was probably probably fourteen or something. Yeah. When I first heard that song and started listening to the Moody Blues... Of course, like, Dad turned you on to that. Yeah, that would be you. Well, I think it was yeah. because you have... But you Mom had, Mom always liked the Moody Blues. Well, I know you and Mom had... I don't know which of you had I think it was you had the Moody Blues Greatest Hits. Yeah, I had it. I, I may have given it to you for Christmas or your birthday, or Marissa may have done it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The fact is that album showed up around that time when I was 14, yeah. and... I remember burning it onto the computer and listening to it on yeah, my we, iPod. Yeah, we had the CD mm -hmm. in my car, and, mm -hmm. and you know, 
I think, you know, mom turned you on to a lot of different types of music too, more of the newer stuff. Um, but I always had those, you know, those oldies and the, well, the a weird, a Tommy weird thing. James and the this and that. But. Well, you had the oldies, but there's another thing you had too that I kind of want to touch on a little bit with Moody Blues because of the vocal stylings. So much of the vocal stylings um, seem to go in that like sort of barbershop quartet almost Motown, Blue-Eyed Soul mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. And you had a ton of Motown. Like, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. Like, you introduced me to James Brown and uh, Stevie Wonder, and mm-hmm. that's what really got me yeah. into, like, four funk tops, music. Four, you yeah, know, yeah all funk and guys, R&B. Yeah. Like, you showed me all that shit. Yeah. And, um, like, when I, when I was listening to this album, I couldn't help but, like, think that there's some reminiscent of, like... Motown influence in this band, but on top of that, you have this psychedelic music where it's very synthed out for as much as you yeah. can do in the 70s. Um, high orchestration to the point of almost being a neoclassical piece, mm-hmm. like like well, Frank again, Zappa, but right. more. But you know, serious. you know who we, you know where I thought you were going to go with yeah. this is. Um, <clears throat> I thought you were going to link up, and I and I think you can. You'll probably be able to link the two together. They're kind of, to me, have always been a, 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 a sister brother kind of band. Yeah. The Moody Blues are an older version mm-hmm. of Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, definitely. You know what you think? I I was I was thinking that too. You know, I was like, they're, they're, yeah. they just have art rock almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just they they take. They, they, they don't, they don't, you know, most rock and roll bands, if they bring in a harmonica or, or a, or a violin, Mm -hmm. especially a violin there, they're really getting outside their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. These guys, you know, they have the drums and the guitar, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the, the, the electric guitar and the bass. Lots they of bring, guitar too. Yeah, but they bring Lots everything in. There's yeah. not an instrument that's not in their toolbox, kind of like electric light orchestra. I, I agree you with know? that, but also to that degree, I can see where like they kind of split in their influence of stuff because you see electric mm-hmm. light orchestra where it's a lot of... It's rock and roll, but with a lot of classical influence, which is what I think that Moody yeah. Blues has. But Moody Blues also has this sort of... Um, progressive rock yeah. where to to an extent I'd say Electric Light Orchestra might be considered progressive rock but not as much as some, a band like Styx or right. Rush where you have all of this very grand and extravagant instrumentation but whereas Rush and Styx do it with a lot of synthesizers mm-hmm. they do it with much more um, physical instruments like yeah. actually bring in violins and trumpets and horns yeah, and yeah, yeah, full yeah, string yeah, sections. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Chicago did. Yeah, like Chicago ways. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the Moody Blues didn't do as much of that, obviously, as ELO, but, um, but they, they were, they were kind of cutting edge and they had, they had a nice voice. I can't remember all the, the names of these guys. Like, you know, you I probably know or Jimmy actually, knows. I still can't remember how. Jimmy, Jimmy knows, but but I remember too. I mean, this album was really neat. I the reason why I chose this one is because a I have it and b I just listened to it uh, the entire thing about a week and a half ago, and, mm-hmm. and uh, actually listened to a few songs a couple times just because I hadn't heard it. You know, right. I set up the record player downstairs, and, and this was the yep, very first. Now. Yep, it's sure. the very first one. 
I played. Nice. I, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is going on. It was huh. so cool. But that being said, mm-hmm. Days of Future Past is really, really Yeah. You know, and I, I because it, 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 if I remember right, it, it goes through, I mean, there's a, what is it, the dawn, the dusk, yeah. the evening, the yeah. whatever, to the afternoon, mm-hmm. and that's too, and all, and it's, it goes through the course of a day. Yeah. And it's really cleverly done. Um, but, uh, um, and, you know, Nights in White Satin and Tuesday Afternoon are two, you know, outstanding hits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've always really liked them. And, and the long version, if you, if you listen to the whole album, it's so cool how they kind of blend into other parts of the day. Um, well, my, my question to you with this album in particular, because <clears throat> you're talking about theme and how theme goes through the mm-hmm. album. With this one, I've only heard it once all the way through, like, without interruption. I've heard songs off it here and there, but I've only, like, just... You know, a few hours ago when I was like, mm-hmm. all right, let's, like, which one are we going to do? I sat down and I listened to the whole thing through. And, you know, it's the same thing that happens with a lot of music where people have uh, heavily affected and reverbed vocals. Mm-hmm. Where I can't hear all of the lyrics. So I'd have to go back and listen to it a lot of times. But you've heard this a lot. Do you think there's any sort of theme that really ties throughout this one? Like, almost like a concept album, uh along the lines of um, Days of Future Past. Well, the Days of Future Past is easy because it's about a day. Yes, but you I mean, know? I'm and, saying but this, like, album this, on this particular yeah. album, yeah. this is actually, I, I've, I've sat and listened to this record countless times, mm-hmm. and, and, and as I did, mm-hmm. I could read the lyrics, and not a lot of records did that, and yeah. this is what I really liked about this one, mm-hmm. is that you could... And nobody, you know, in, in asking me that question mm-hmm. off the cuff, you know, um, I don't have the vocabulary you do, but the, the, you could say this about any song, but these are pretty deep tunes, you know, about, about life and how, you know, relationships are affected and changes in your life and, you know, um, you know, you've got you and me. It's about it's, it's about a relationship. It's about new horizons. It's it's about changes. You know, isn't life strange? It's about you know experiences. Um, lost in a lost world. It's another thing, probably about experiences. The land of make believe. Um, you know, uh, I, they probably have to go through that. But Some but then they throw but then they throw in just a plain old rock and roll tune at the end, yeah. which yeah. is just. What they are is that they are a great rock and roll band. It comes band. out of left field, like it yeah, really does. It really does. But but if you and for my lady, it's about it's about a uh, a, a person. You know, there's there's a love song. So and, let's let's talk about for my lady for a second mm-hmm. here because I have this song. Uh, I was playing this song through my speakers, and I hear this. Very arpeggiated classical guitar playing, mm-hmm. and then the harpsichord. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is this is some like, oh god, uh, what is the name of Blackmore's Night stuff? Like some really medieval sounding stuff. And my question to you is this, because. I mean, you're my dad, so I've known you my whole mm-hmm. life, but you've never seemed to express like an interest in like old classical medieval music like you, you don't really ha- seem to have this sort of 
desire to listen to stuff like Beethoven or Bach or anything like that. No, I, but but yet there's so much of these influences that exist within the music that you do listen to with yeah. already Electric Light Orchestra and the Moody Blues or, and the Beatles, or, obviously. And the, yeah, yeah, we've got multiple examples of that right, right here. And, and um, you know, and I guess I probably haven't because you know, and I, I mean, I've heard some Beethoven and Mozart and stuff, and I think mm-hmm. it's good. Um, I it just usually isn't a choice I wind up mm-hmm. listening to. I don't. I, nobody else had any records. I don't say it's it's certainly not bad music. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's outstanding music. It's timeless, like Sinatra or the Beatles yeah. or even these guys. Mm-hmm. But um, um, you know, I, I one of the things about it is it is different. It is different than anything else you'll hear. You can say, okay, I listen to Motown. And some is good, some is great, but it's all. But it, you can go, that's Motown, mm-hmm. or that's rock, or that's country. This is this. You can't you can't quite put your hand on this sometimes. Yeah, you know. And this album is one of them. They 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 still got kind of a rock and roll tone. They've got the great voices. They're they're tight. The instrumentation is tight, but they they do in, introduce some different things that you know you don't always see and. Um, you know, not all the songs I was like head over heels with, mm-hmm. but every one of them I liked. Mm-hmm. Every single one song on this record I liked a lot. Um, you know, there's probably only one or two hits on here, maybe only one. But um, you know, but maybe only think, a couple that were that on the like radio. Things that I don't think that albums necessarily have to have a lot of hits to be good albums. I think that's No, but like albums, if you took if you I think took some of the best albums of, or some of the best albums of all time aren't even like considered in like Rolling Stones top five hundred. Sure, but I mean if you took Elvis Costello's uh My Aim is True for example. Yeah. Um a third of the songs on there or a quarter of the songs on there have been on the record and would, mm-hmm. are on the radio and they would be considered hits. Mm-hmm. Um here there's only one that's mm-hmm. probably been on the I don't know. Well, I think I'm just saying a rock and roll band is going to be one of them. But I have heard another one off there at least once or twice on the radio, and I. But I also listen to like which one? Your college but, but stations. But no. But I mean, if you if you if you went like back to the rock and roll stations in the '70s, mm-hmm. I think the isn't only, Life Strange is the one I'm thinking of. That's the I one think I've that heard on the that radio one or two is probably the, the only, only other one. one outside of. I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. Maybe you and me. Okay. Maybe you and me. I mean, um, you and me is definitely radio friendly. It's only four right, and a half right. minutes long. It's not like it's four and a half minutes long, and it's it's got that it's got a good rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. It's an easy tune to tap your foot to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's um, still it's still distinctly the moody blues. It's not like oh it's, yeah, you know. But it's just, it's just, I, to me, it's really an easy album to listen to. Mm -hmm. You know, you can put on easy listening radio stations and, and get Julio Iglesias and other, and you, they might even do covers for somebody else. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's light. It's easy. Coffee Um, shop radio type stuff. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is that, I think, you know, and and from the seventies and you didn't, you didn't have it then, but. You know, um, friends of mine like Matt Ward and mm-hmm. Sherry Weinstock and some of the, uh, Patty Kesmarchik, all these people that we would hang out, Jimmy Wentland and 
Benny Super, we would hang out together in ninth and 10th grade. This was in the mid seventies. Right. And, um, I, I asked them because Matt and I, you know, right. I introduced them guys kind of to the Matt to the Moody Blues. Yeah. And we would go to Matt's house and, and listen to records and play cards. That's what that's what we would do at night. That was I believe our fun. we spoke of this during the uh, the left handed cigarette conversation. Oh, regarding yeah. Oh God, what what who did we interview about before? I don't know if it was the Beatles one that we talked about. Oh, it had to be because Matt would Matt would do the the fake guitar. That's, with yeah, that's right. Okay, then it was the Beatles. And he would always have his uh, Hofner and. Mm-hmm. Uh, or his pretend Hofner. Does he still... Is, all right, I gotta ask you this. I can't remember. Is Matt Ward the guy who said, I am right-handed, but I'm going to buy a left-handed Hofner bass yep. and learn how to play it? Yep. Left- yep. Okay. So he just loved McCart- McCartney as his guy, and and, uh, and Matt and I had a lot in common with... We still do with music and, and, and still friends, which is great, but, um, but I remember Cherry, she was, uh, you know, everybody's favorite gal in junior high and high school and just a cool gal and her sister Debbie who's Mary Lou's age I went over there and we were listening to the Moody Blues and she goes well Debbie's got a Moody Blues and she had my and I think my brothers and sisters had it but they have I think it's my children's children's children is the name of the album and it has two songs on there that were hits question and story in your eyes I do know and they were great Mm-hmm. great songs and Debbie had that one mm-hmm. you know and that's probably right when it came out or within a year or two when it came out so we went over there and listened to it and I wound up buying it because mm-hmm. I didn't have it and you know Don and then we're all kind of pretty much starting to move out of the house at that point so um all the good music went with them well the that's, that's my next them. collection or my next question too is like so much of your musical taste comes from uh, your family, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it, it's when they kind left of the same, in high kind school, the, the albums that too, I was buying. Yeah. What were you rebuying? Like yes, all of I their was, old stuff. Some like, of it I was. I went out. Um, I remember distinctly buying my children's children's children. I bought Tuesday afternoon. I bought the Beatles second album because I wanted mm-hmm. to hear Mr. Postman. That was my, yeah. one of my favorites at the time. And um, I bought Endless Summer. Okay. The Beach Boys. And yeah. That was oh my god, that was we crazy. we all right with the Beach Boys. We do gotta do an episode sometime about pet sounds. Yeah. Um. Maybe <laughs> there's a couple there's a couple things that I want to specifically talk about with you because of, and I don't know if I'll keep this part in in the interview. I might mm. I might not, but because you showed me and I kind of want to do the same thing with mom too. Um. Because I just, I don't know if you know, I did an interview with her. Um, yeah, I remember you did. Which one? Yeah. Was it a Sergeant Beatle? Peppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, so, I mean, she's as big of a Beatle fan as I or anybody. Yeah. You know? um, and mom knows, mom knows them all. That was one mm-hmm. thing cool when we first went out is she knows, I mean, everybody knows the biggies. Yeah. But mom knows all of them. She can go deep track on all of them. No, she I know. We were, we were talking about that yeah. uh, in the interview. But, yeah. um, but like, I... You know, like the Beach Boys, like, I don't know anyone who I could really talk to the Beach Boys about aside from you. Um, There's maybe a handful of people I could talk about Queen with. Yeah. At least to get as in-depth with stuff because... Well, the Beach Boys, I'll tell you what, I knew more about the Beach Boys and probably the the album I know the least about Mm -hmm. is Pet Songs. Really? Really. 
Now there's you a, should the, watch that documentary. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to watch that before we do yeah. it. That I, and I will. I will talk I about the watch, Beach Boys. I want to watch the rest. But of I'd say let's talk too. about the Beach Boys, and we'll and we'll cover part of our discussion. Should cover Pet Sounds as yeah. best we can. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting how they came up with it. I know. Well, all let's about that let's part. save it. Let's save but that. Let's for, save that, another save day. that for another time. But all right, going back to when you got when you were buying these albums, was there any music that like you would go out and were just like? Because I don't know how record shops like were in the seventies. Oh, I have a vague idea. If you go up, but the biggest record store um, around our area was still Electrofetus or no Don Leary's. Okay. He was it was in St. Anthony Village. Mm-hmm. He was always there working. Um, kind of looked like uh, a smaller version of Alfred Hitchcock with hair. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, he had a thick head of hair, and he always had a suit on. You just walk in and, and go, he, "Good evening." Well, he kind of, he kind of, you know, he had that kind of that the jolly look, jolly look yeah. and the droopy face like mm-hmm. a basset hound. Yeah, nice guy, but he would uh, he had a turntable behind the counter, and he had forty five. So if you just wanted to buy a song, mm-hmm. he had rows and rows of maybe, you know, let's say let's I mean, of course you're a kid, so everything's bigger, but I bet you he had fifteen to twenty feet. Of one area was mm-hmm. just forty five. So yeah. any record, and if he didn't have it, you could ask him to order it, and he'd get it for you. Call you up. So what's your name, Bob? Can you get mm-hmm. uh, play Misty for me, or or whatever song you wanted? Yeah, he could get it. And if you weren't sure of the song, you could say, "Could you put this on and play this to make sure it's the right song?" Mm-hmm. He'd play any forty five you wanted, which was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much are you paying for 45s at that time? Like, let's just figure out, like, what it's going to be like today. I don't know what it'd be like with inflation. I would probably be, I, I guess, God, I can't Are you going to be paying about, like, the equivalent of what you would on, like, a normal, like, digital thing where it's, like, a buck 29 or something like no, that? No. A lot I, more for 45? <coughs> well, I, I think back at that time, I think they were probably... 40, 50 cents or three for a buck or three, yeah, three for a buck maybe or something. So with some inflation, that probably evens out to about what that is now. I suppose, you know, and the records I know, I remember, you know, you know, dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Maybe for some, the um, you know, the Beatles and the Stones, yeah, four ninety five, ninety nine for double albums. Um, I remember them getting to seven ninety nine in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I uh, that was where I bought a lot of my stuff, and 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 as Don and and Patricia and everybody moved out, they took their stuff with. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to their house, I remember Joan and Paul gave me, um, and I think I have it downstairs, a Beach Boys album when they're on a sailboat, and um, dance, 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 mm-hmm. and. Uh, don't worry, baby, and a couple other ones are on there. I can't remember the name of it, but I, I see it. There. The, the sailboat's listing, and yeah. they're all sitting there with different color of the same sweaters yeah. on. <coughs> um, you know, so and 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 Mark would give me a record here or there. I remember, <laughs> and this is kind of off track at the Seven Soldier, but I remember when Mark got home from Vietnam. Yeah, I went downstairs and he was cleaning some weed, cleaning the seeds out of it. I yeah. didn't know what that was at the time, yes. but he had uh, that that Led Zeppelin album, the one with uh, Stairway to Heaven on it. 
Okay, oh, stand up four. Stand, stand up with four, the, yeah. With the with the bag of sticks on his yeah, back. Lens up on four, yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't realize what he was doing at the time, but um I certainly do now. <laughs> but um I remember seeing it going, What yep. the hell is that? Mm -hmm. And then he just closed the album and and then, you know, years later I was doing the same thing. Sometimes made with the same album. <laughs> same exact album. But yeah, you know, so that's kind of, I my collection started to kind of mirror theirs mm -hmm. because that's, you know, and I, I there wasn't any but how way did you, to... How did you like find new stuff like outside of the radio? Like when you went into the record shops, was there ever any no. time that you just like you know, popped in no, there? No, I like, didn't, I didn't. I like this band, like what... Like what is going to be similar to the Moody Blues? That's like never did that. But you know what we did? Like we that. had no. Th th that time radio ruled. Mm -hmm. Radio was always on. You'd go to the beach mm -hmm. and you'd be listening to, you know, KWB was a station. Yeah. And and so you would hear obviously the Beatles and the you know Motown and the, you know the Moody Blues and blah blah blah. But you and all of a sudden there'd be something new would come out. Mm -hmm. You know, and all of I remember. Um, you know, about little little past this time was in the seventy four. Yeah. You know, seventy four, seventy five. Elton John had this song called Crocodile Rock. You oh know, yeah. You heard a couple other oh, tunes yeah. by him that you kind of were like, yeah, I remember that stuff. But the Crocodile Rock came out, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my god, it was a frenzy. Yeah. And then um, shortly after, mm -hmm. um, he came out with 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 uh, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, mm -hmm. um, and so that was. Everybody was listening yeah. to the to, to Elton Elton John. Then. Yeah, you know, and then you know, and as as things progressed, that's how we were. I was introduced to, you know, my music, mm -hmm. um, and I would get. It's just the, it's just the radio. I mean, you go to the beach because we weren't inside playing games and this and that. You go to the beach and people had radios all over the place, little transistors, mm -hmm. bigger transistors, and most of the time you could walk and you'd hear you know, um, a song on the radio and you'd mm -hmm. walk 20 more feet and it would fade away. And then all of a sudden you'd walk 10 more feet and you'd hear it again on the yeah. next person's radio and you walk the beach looking for friends or looking at the girls or whatever. And, and you'd hear, you'd hear that most of it had the same music on mm -hmm. the whole time. And, and I just, that's for me is, is where we all kind of got our, we always had the radio on, mm -hmm. you know, um, I had the radio on in my room. I bought a radio, and we had, we had a radio on by my bed. I would go to sleep at night listening to the radio every night. Didn't have TVs mm -hmm. in the room. Had one TV in the house. See, that's almost what I do. Except I have like the I have the Spotify radio, which is like you yeah. pay for it, but you basically just go like it. It makes radio stations based on like what music you listen. Yeah, to. so they kind of it'll kind of come up with your own yeah which, flavors. Because like because that's how I discover a lot of music nowadays. It's like. <clears throat> Either one of my friends will be like, and my friend Tony was like, Michelle, have you heard the album Rocket? And I was like, no. And he's just like, listen to it. I want to talk about it. So he showed me the album and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is amazing. Like, it starts off like a singer-songwriter mm -hmm. thing and then it evolves into this electronica and noise rock stuff and then back to singer-songwriter. It's really fascinating album and I never would have heard of it aside from some dude was just like, hey, like, I think you'd like this. Check this out. And Danny showed me Alex Cameron. And, like, there's people who find music just by, like, following these sort of breadcrumbs down the line of, like, yeah. you know, oh, you like, um, 
This artist may be like Mac DeMarco. Hey, I do right. like well, Mac DeMarco. That, doesn't doesn't kind of Pandora do that with you too? Yeah, you know, Pandora does the same if thing. If you say yeah. play this or you pick these three songs, all of a sudden it'll make some suggestions. Kind yeah, of, and it starts you know, thinking... And you know, Netflix will do that too if you're yeah. watching a certain thing. And that's and yeah. that's how it is like yeah. nowadays, which yeah. is why I'm like, how yeah. does it like happen? It did. Fast- yep. Well, I'm like, yeah, because like, that's the thing is you were just saying like your brother showed you this music, your sister showed you this yeah. music. So it's all by word of mouth. And it by is. the radio, which I think that's all is, it was. I mean, we yeah. would we would be, you know, um, whether you call it beatnik music or something. Um, I remember too. I'd come home one day, and and Don always liked watching Elvis movies at the Speedway, yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. all those cool shows. He'd he'd come in, he'd sing a couple of tunes, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he'd be racing cars or flying planes or whatever he was doing. But those, there was a lot of time Drink back in the sixties, early seventies. You'd be watch, yeah, you watch these, watch these uh, uh, beach movies, right? Mm-hmm. So Annette Funicello was in them and stuff, and uh, Frankie, what is it, Frankie? Not Bailey, but Frankie Avalon. And um, the, but the point is, mm-hmm. is a lot of times they go. Don goes, oh, look at this one. Mm-hmm. This is the one the animals were in. Oh, so nice. we, yeah. we, you know, so all of a sudden they're at a beach party and they mm-hmm. go into this bar and the animals are playing. We got to get House, out of this place okay. or something, you know. And that's the rising sun. Oh yeah, but they, they didn't get that. <laughs> go to a beach movie yeah. and just well, like play like yeah. the most somber shit on earth. Like, yeah, yes. no, no, and it was you know they would sing something a little more upbeat, right, ready for the for the movie. But it was cool because you'd see them then. That was the only way you could see a lot of these guys because you know. Um, most times you couldn't, there wasn't as many concerts. There, there wasn't these small venues um, as often that, that I recall anyway. Um, you know, back when I was getting out of high school, I guess, or yeah, I guess, I guess they were, you know, there was still the, you know, like uh, the Terminal Bar and other places that, mm-hmm. that, that had bands. Um, I, I played the Terminal a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I just yeah. didn't, you know, and, 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 and uh, or the Spring Inn, you know, we watched mm-hmm. bands out of high school in there. But um, when I was younger, there wasn't there wasn't a way to to, to follow different types of music mm-hmm. like you could, you know, on Pandora where they would suggest things. You just had to hear it word of mouth. And and my brother Don and my sisters. Well, I mean, um, coming from that big family, you've got a lot of people dialed they, into yeah, the system. Yeah, I mean, and, and even, I even found an old book that Mark and mm-hmm. Greg used to own of the top hits from like the '60s. And they had highlighted all their favorite songs. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting there, there was a little red booklet. Yeah. And, I was, and I might even have it somewhere. I'm flipping through it, and they got all the ones highlighted. Mm-hmm. Elvis, Beatles, Stones, all the good tunes mm-hmm. that they, they just highlighted the ones they liked, mm-hmm. you know, or circled them or whatever. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, those are good songs. Those, you know, because I always, the ones I saw, I'd already heard of, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when they left the house, I had to replenish the... The record, you know, Mary Lou, I think, I think Mary Lou bought the, the Stones, um, the big double album, the Hot, not Hot Rock. Exile. Like Exile on Main. Yeah. You know, back in the 70s. And, and she, you know, so what she would, would get, I wouldn't, I'd get something different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we were juniors and seniors at this around the same time and had, had a, you know, different groups of friends because different high schools. But... We, um, she liked the Moody Blues, so we would, we had our own little collection because everybody else was gone. Johnny didn't, Johnny liked music, but he didn't buy records. He, the only one he ever bought was a Sugar Hill Gang <laughs> that I remember. But he did like That's Queen. He did funny. like Queen. 
Um, but uh, no, and, and so I don't know. I mean, you know, we picked Seven Soldier because, I, like I said, I just listened to it. There's a, there's something different about the Moody Blues though when you when you start to compare them to other, you know, um, musicians back at that time. You can you know they just they were different. You could, I don't know where you'd throw them. They were obviously rock and roll, but well, there is kind of one more genre I would like to explore with that because we did talk a little bit about it. But we just briefly got there, and it was the thing at the very beginning I wanted to circle back to. So I think this is a perfect way that we can get back into that part. Because we are getting close on time, but I think we can talk. Well, I think we'll have time, and that is psychedelic music. Yes. So, where do you stand on psychedelic music in general? Like, well, I like. You it, seem I mean, to like a decent amount of it, but I'm like, I don't know how you feel about like the Grateful Dead, because I know yeah, see, Danny loves a, the Dead yeah. but hates the Beatles, and it's like, yeah, why? See, I but, just, I, I. The Grateful Dead to me, I you know, yeah, they're, they're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some songs I like, but for the most part, I didn't. You don't want to listen to like eleven minute guitar solos. No, and stuff? no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I just. It's like enough now. You know, it's like a bad uh, smoking too much pot. You're just like, all oh, right, enough already. <laughs> I mean, they got the same thing. It just goes. It's kind of like the Almond Brothers. You know, after they play the four verses and the mm-hmm. chorus or whatever, you go, and then they go on with this rambling thing for, you know, nine minutes. And it's mm-hmm. like, really, really, I mean, to me, <laughs> it just, it, I, I don't, I never understood that. So you're not a fan of the jam bands. No, no, that just, but what about just like psychedelic music in general stuff? That's I like, like really some of it. Trippy. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, I think um, it's, some, it's green cool. tambourine. And yeah, I mean, and, and George's, uh, uh, you know, um, he had some funky stuff with his sitar, um, you know, green tambourine. Um, there, there's, I always thought that stuff was kind of cool. Yeah. I like the more of the popular stuff, you know, cause there was always, but what it is, is there wasn't like a band that did play to my knowledge much that played nothing but psychedelic music. If that's well, I mean, what like, it was. Well, well, Hendrix is more like acid rock, where it's just like, because there's a, a difference bit, yeah. between psychedelic music, which is yeah. like, generally psychedelic music is thought to be more stuff like Moody Blues and the Beatles, mm-hmm. where it's a lot more like, kind you're, of you're mood shifting. Bit, yeah, 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 like yeah, tripping, yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, like, you're, all like, right. You're watching a, a, a lava lamp. Yeah, where Hendrix is like taking that and adding like, just amping it up. And, yeah, and there, you're yeah. just... You know, all of those, like, shredding things where you still have that, like, altered consciousness and those and those same sort of psychedelic effects to the music. But Hendrix and bands uh, like the Jimi Hendrix experience have so much more aggression behind them. And right, a lot more right, oomph right, to the right, music. Right, right, And I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Hendrix. Um, I think his music is great. I think his voice is great. I think, um, you know, I guess I, I, I wouldn't, you know, like you said, I wouldn't put him in the psychedelic so much. It was, he was playing during that psychedelic era, mm-hmm. but I don't know that his music, you know, he might've had a few tunes that were, that could fall into place like Electrically that. landed. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, um, um, yeah, I like, I do like psychedelic music. I, I just think it was it was that whole thing. I like I like bubblegum music. I mean, I think that was kind of a lot of happy stuff, you know, as I was eight, nine years old and you're listening to nineteen ten Fruit Gun Company or something, goofy stuff, monkeys or whatever. And 
you know, some of that stuff is catchy, and and uh, there were usually they had one or two tunes, and then you never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you got lucky on a forty-five, you could get the two hits that they had on the flip side of each other. Yeah, and uh, I think nineteen ten Fruit Gum Company was one of them. What the fuck did they even do? One, two, three, red light, and then um, I can't remember the other one, but I think it was on the flip side. Mike Lupian would know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I like all that stuff. I, I like, um, you know, sometimes that, uh, what would, what would, what would Dylan be? Dylan? I mean, Dylan's like folk and then, yeah, I mean, some I mean, of that he spoke, would, but then became like folk rock. Once yeah, but, but he was folk, got so, you know, for him it, doing electric shit. Yeah, but, but I think he, you know, he, there was some other folk. Uh, female artists, you know, uh, Joan Baez and, and uh, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell, and then obviously you, you got Carol King, who was Carol King, amazing. Yeah, you know, um, legend. Yeah, so you know, th- those are different types of stuff. I don't know, but I was exposed to all of that. I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot of good music now, but there's no fucking way anybody can tell me the late, the mid late '60s into early '70s with all those types of artists. I still think that music, to me, is timeless. People that, you know, I don't really listen to all these. Mommy would do that sometimes. And I put those tunes on and the next thing you know, her, she's She's like, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. I think there's definitely a lot of music today that, like, will get to that point. But I don't think, like, I think with the massive diffusion of how music is distributed, I think that there are certain things that are going to be timeless that wind up being like, yeah, like I think Tame Impala is a band that's going to be one of the bands in like 15, 20 years that people are like, God, do you remember yeah, them? But I mean, I mean weird you know, you look, you, look, you look at you go, okay. Green Day's been yeah, around yeah, since Green the Day's, 80s. Yep, they're in the Hall of Fame. Red Hot Chili yep. Peppers, you but know. You, but you look at bands like that, there's some that are, 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 are really good. But, um... You know, when you get you get a uh, a Michael Jackson here and there who's you know Michael Jackson or mm. you know, but but um, and what's that that other guy now? Uh, Bruno Mars is I yeah. think is just a really I think Bruno Mars person. is going to be another one of those timeless artists. But you you at least of this you know, generation. but you you have you have, and not that these guys are not talented. Mm. Because they are. Mm. They're probably, in, in a lot of cases, better musicians than the people I'm going to mention. Mm. But, but when you go to, say, okay, and you go, okay, let's take 68 to 75. Mm. That's seven years. Mm. And you go, okay, let's see who was leading the pack back then. And you go, okay, Beatles, Stones, The Who, mm. Led Zeppelin, The Yardbirds, um, the Moody Blues, the Beach Boys, Four Tops, the Four Tops, the Four. I mean, it, it, Stevie just, Wonder to be to be the sitting. Jackson Five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and to be sitting there in the middle yeah. of it, Elton John, and 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 you you, you just sitting there. Queen with, even with, yeah. shit, seventy five. Yeah. That's a great, that's great. A, and, 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 and seventy five with yeah. with um um what's his name uh, Van Halen. Yeah, just coming out. Yeah, I mean, he was. Don Don knows a guy who know him, you know, yeah. and, and um, I mean, you 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 take all those guys back in that seven year period. Nobody, I mean, I just there's 
you could take a 17-year period and there is no way you're going to have that much talent crammed in that you can go... I think out of the last 17 years, probably not, but I do think like the 90s and like early 2000s, you get enough stuff out of there like... Not, not, to, not to that level though. Not, not to the level of the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, nothing. Well, the thing is, the thing Hendrix, is like... Joplin, I mean... Uh, no, I, I, yeah. mean, I mean, Joe, Joe Cocker, uh, Jim Croce... Uh, the Beach Boys, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, Gordon Lightfoot, Elvis Presley, or, you know Elvis, yeah. you know God, Elvis, you know, forget yeah. about Elvis, sixty yeah. eight tour, Costello for the other, and Costello for the other one. I mean, it's just it is Fleetwood Mac, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the Eagles. I mean, it, it's just to be to be sitting there from I do eight think you're, yeah. to fifteen and have that is your mm-hmm. is your. This is what's swarming around you in, mm-hmm. in music talent. I mean, I don't care. You 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 were lucky to have what you had, but but just keep in mind. Here's a here's a guy. I'll take one thing. You know, and as an album I loved, and a group I just think is amazing, and I don't think they're in the Hall of Fame. But in 1969, mm-hmm. the summer of 1969, mm-hmm. during Woodstock, yeah, who had the number one song? Not even in the Hall of Fame. And he's got a ton of tunes. Tommy James and the Shondells. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crystal Blue Persuasion yeah. was number one in the summer of 69. Yeah. And it is a, I mean, that's just... We do have to talk about Tommy James yeah. and the Shondells another yeah. time, too. But, but, but that's, that, that, that band might be the most underrated band of absolutely. the 1960s. And then, and then you throw in the Three Dog Night and the Grassroots. I mean... They're just there's stuff. The fucking just, guess who? Like a year yeah, after that. The guess who? I mean, the, this is this is what I grew up with, mm-hmm. and it was it was what a blessing. Yeah. To me, because um, um, I mean, it, it's it's like stars in the sky, or or, or, or little all these little pods that uh, things that came out of the trees during the storm last night. Mm-hmm. There's a gazillion of them. There wasn't that much talent, I don't think, at any other time, the 50 years before or 50 years since. I don't, I really don't think so. I, I, in a seven-year period, mm-hmm. that many people that were on their game the way they were, yeah. to, to be, you couldn't turn around and hear a bad song. Mm-hmm. And the, no. the thing I'll add to that, too, is that so many of those artists have also stood the test of time to the point where it's like, you know, 50, 60 years later, people are still listening to Janis Joplin. They're still listening to the Beatles. They're still oh, listening yeah. to Elvis Presley. Yeah. And it's not just people who are, like, of that era. It's people who are, like, my age. Like, I love Janis Joplin. Right. I love Jimi Hendrix. Right. Um, I mean, but we could go back and say my yeah. age. I can go back and say, okay... But I like even, Johnny. I like but even, but even from like my generation, I like think of who the fuck that's gonna be, and I'm like, okay, like probably Father John Misty, maybe Iron and Wine, Sufjan Stevens, The Shins. Like these are just artists that I can think of, but they're still not like they're not even they're not they're the not, Beatles. They're not, no, they're not. Father touching. John Misty is the closest thing we have to Bob Dylan or Neil Young, and they're never gonna even get close to him. The the thing is, is you know, I can go back to my and say, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, say I'm talking to my dad, mm. and the, they had some good bands. You know, the what is it? Uh, those the, the 
something sisters. I can't remember. That. Oh, I know who you're talking about. But they're from Minnesota. And, yeah. You know, you can name a few of them. Danny Kane, the whatever sisters. Yeah, I know but you you about. you go to you get Frank. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Frank. Still timeless. Um, Dean Martin. Um, yeah, you know some of those guys. You know, yeah, BB King. That's a different genre. But mm-hmm. but the the big. You know, old, even older, back to Frank in the forties or whatever. Was Frank doing shit in the forties? Yep. Um, he was a World War II guy. So okay. He was. He was. You know, he was singing in the forties with the big band. But um, he was with Dorsey. Jack uh, Dorsey. Whatever the Jimmy Dorsey. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, what the? F- there was another person from that. We can talk. But, about but Dean. But you know, I mean, yeah. you can name you can name a handful of guys, mm. and that's it. Yeah, you you can't you can't name them all in a seven year period of the people who ruled the charts. You can't. I can't. Yeah. I was I grew up in it, mm-hmm. and 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 to have the 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 impact that these guys had, um, in in uh, rock and roll and folk and 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 uh, across country, all genres and even and even like, country. If you go, okay, well, fuck, they had you know, stuff going on in the seventies for blues. Look at country. You got Willie Nelson. All those guys from that sixty-eight to George Jones. I mean, in in from sixty-eight or seven to six seventy-five. You go seven years seventy-five too. You you get that seven-year period. There is no way. I didn't even get a chance to tap in. And that doesn't include mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers, who had number one yep. albums in the 70s mm-hmm. that my mom loved. And, and um, there was this other guy, I can't remember his name. He had white, silver hair. and, and uh, uh, Oh, the... Um, but the he dude. was another country guy. and um, I know who you're talking about. But anyway, that window of time. Mm-hmm. And, and the movie Blues is just one little leaf off of a tree of mm-hmm. that seven-year window. And they were they were great. Mm-hmm. They were great, and they still are. I just I I think I I uh, we should put the album on later on. Listen to it yeah. while we're grilling. Definitely. You know, or you can listen to it on your. I can pump it through the speakers even. Yeah. Perfect. That would be yeah. great. All right. Well, thank you for doing this interview again. Thank you. We got to do another one. We will. Too. There's too much. You know to what? Talk maybe about. maybe we should talk about a period instead of a, a record. I we could do that. That would be. Cool. I I will definitely. I've. Got some ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Tom, thank you. Thank you. All right, and I want to thank once again Tony Garcia for doing the editing for the podcast and also creating Pretty Punk Network and giving me the idea for this show. Without you, this show literally would not exist. I want to thank Andre and Carl for the use of the Color Caster song, Lines, which is used as the intro, outro, and intermediary music of this show. And I also want to thank my dad for being on the show once again. Uh, we talk about a couple other things that we that we want to talk about in the future, so I'm sure he'll be a guest on here again. Um, there might be a slight format change with the show, but I haven't figured everything out with that. But I plan on producing content as often as possible. Um, the only reason why, if if you've noticed, the shows have been delayed a little bit or anything like that, it's because uh, Colorcaster is in the middle of recording an album. And on top of that, there's a lot of other people who I've been trying to get to, and there's scheduling issues uh, that fall through one way or another. And so sometimes I defer back a couple into going like, hey, like maybe I'll interview my dad again or my sister again, which... I believe I'm going to be interviewing her for the next episode. I'm not entirely sure, but yes, 
Anyways, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes or Pretty Punk Network or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Rate and review. I'm on Twitter at H-A-Y-N-A-R-I. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to message me on Twitter or Facebook if you know me or anything like that. So uh, once again, thank you for listening to Note for Note. I've been Michelle Lightshoe, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend and happy Memorial Day if this does come out before then. If you shoot.